Good morning. This is Moss Whelan. And to the official name of the um, podcast is Story in Mind. And I came up with that. uh, A process of going through clarifying uh, all the different things that I had been talking about so far. Uh, The story part of it is coming from storytelling, uh, writing uh, different aspects of story and and the use of, of the word story. I got it from Frank Herbert, but I've seen in other places as well, such as the quote from Ursula K. Le Guin, story is change, and not a story is change, but, or the story of change is change. Oh, the moon is a sliver. It's it's a, it's very boat-like this morning. And the sun has not come up. So story in mind. Uh, I have a preoccupation with uh, the mind, the psyche, the imagination. Uh, I'm. <clears throat> I keep I keep coming back to uh, the Jungian uh, Carl Jung view. Of, of the uh, of the mind, and uh, perception, and and so I'll contemplate perception, how we see the world, how we see ourselves, uh, the imprinting or programming or conditioning that we go through as. Uh, as we are enculturated into our society and our family, <clears throat> our subculture, whatever it is, how we define ourselves. So it's it also to the, yeah, this, the story that we have been told and that we tell ourselves and then that we tell others. And... Yeah, so it, it sums up everything. Uh, my podcast host, uh, Anchor, they sent me an email with some suggestions because I had been using my name and they suggested that I come up with a title, sort of like a radio show. <clears throat> also along the lines that it's not self-promotion. Even though, even though that's the subtext, uh, even though whether you look at it as, you know, what is the product, you know, the product is myself as a writer, say if I'm, if I'm uh, teaching, you know, if if there's, at some point there's some kind of monetary kickback, and, uh, and, uh, yeah. I guess too, even if it just comes down to sort of self gratification that I'm tr- 
transmitting something out there. <clears throat> and uh, further looking for ways to connect. So, uh, yeah, so this is story in mind. And I do have, I do have a story in mind. And most likely you do as well. It seems it seems like it seems like everybody's got a novel in them, at least at least one book. Uh, topic, topic-wise, I'm thinking. I I have been thinking about uh, government, government and fiction, um, whether it's genre fiction or literary fiction. And my, my, my first thought is, is going back, is, is the, the politics of, that's within literature, or at least the government that's within literature that we see that is being passed along and becomes part of the vernacular. And... My immediate thought was utopia, which is, it's, it's, it's like commentary, and yet it, it gets grouped in with imaginary places, and there's, there seems to be this sarcasm, uh, it's a parody, <clears throat> Of, of England or some European country and this is sort of say looking at it from a different perspective and <clears throat> utopia means no place and I believe it's it was positioned over I think it was like a South Sea island, and there's a, I think it's a frame narrative that goes on where a, uh, a first person narrator, I believe, it, it, remembering it, that this narrator goes to a, a party and encounters a, a sailor who's been to this place. So there's two levels of, of narrative going on. And, and I just picked up, uh, I was just looking at Mary Shelley's Frankenstein the other day, and it as well does that. We start off with these letters from a ship's captain, and it starts off that way, and then the, the captain encounters uh, Victor Frankenstein, and we get uh, we get Victor Frankenstein's story. So that just reminded me of that the this double la- layer of uh, first person narrative. And I'm just. I'm just wondering about the tense, how how it's written. 
It seems to be written in a first person. I think it's present tense. I'm going to have to look at it again. But, uh, so that's a, something, that's, that's sort of where I'm at right now. I'm looking at um, this journalistic uh, kind of narrative versus an omniscient uh, third person. And and so, government. So U- Utopia has blossomed into this. Like say, when we when we use the word, we we talk about a kind of paradise or perfect government. But when you read Utopia, it's not. And or say perhaps it's from it's from my viewpoint when I when I you know, start taking apart the text there's this there's this tone of uh, mock mocking and there's there there is there is a government and there's um, a, it's representative there's a representative from from each of the uh, minor cities I guess towns that uh, from, so from each uh, goes uh, a representative is sent to the capital of Amarat and <laughs> so far so good <laughs> But it, it it is not it is not this this perfect thing, and there are these bizarre moments and flaws, and it's it's beautiful in its imperfections, and I like I like looking at the contrast between what the word means now, out of context, versus what uh, what was. And it's still there, if you want to go and take a look at it. Uh, I believe at the beginning, and perhaps this is where the where the uh, modern usage comes from, is that uh, in the title there's a, a description of uh, utopia, this perfect republic, and this notion of perfection. I, I became curious uh, in in writing. I found myself pondering, what what does that look like? What does that perfect country look like? Uh, at the moment where I am, we have uh, we have a bipartisan system. There is the potential for more. Actually, where I am right now. Uh, my state, uh, my province, the province of British Columbia within Canada, we had an interesting election where uh, seats in the government that, in order to create a majority government, uh, the 
the party that won teamed up with this third party, which is the Green Party up here. So we had our two major parties, uh, and, and then our leading party had joined with this third party. And there's a word for it that escapes me, but it's, uh, I think it begins with C, and it means w when two groups or more have joined together to, to, create, to create the government. If, if the parties had not joined together, then the original party who had been in power, I, I believe it's that they would continue to be in power. We had a situation, it was the, for me it was the most interesting moment in Canadian, uh, recent Canadian politics, that uh, this expression of government, and it was interesting because uh, many people, I, I observed people that uh, uh, were were shocked by the turn of events. They had assumed that we had uh, an American form of de democracy. And, and if you know anything about uh, the government of Canada, you, you know that this is not the case. We do have, we do have a democracy, but our head of state is not a president or a prime minister. It is a monarch, uh, and this, what happened, this was, mm, I want to say, going on ten years ago, was that, ah, there's the word, coalition, and there, there was an election, and there was a, ah, there was a, a vote of confidence. And what that means is that the, the other party or parties uh, vote, like say, you know, if they don't feel confident in the government, it doesn't happen all the time, but, you know, things, things were moving too fast, people were upset, these representatives and their constitu constituencies were upset. And uh, it was there was a, a, a push and a presence uh, that was that was moving away from, say, the stability that people were used to. That's how I'm couching or interpreting this. And so what happened was the. Uh, the other, the other party, uh, up here we call it the shadow cabinet, uh, the, the party not in power, joined with at least one other, possibly two other parties, to create a coalition government. And this, this was in response to legislation that was happening and a number of uh, turn, turns of events. Uh, so it was, it was the, the party in power was sort of forcing and uh, uh, pushing pushing the other parties in a direction that they uh, 
they got quite concerned about, quite upset about. And so, what, at that moment, what was going to happen was that the party in power were going to get kicked out. You know, they would still be in the government, but they would just, you know, the vote of confidence, and then they would they would step down, and this coalition government, because the, then they had a majority. Uh, fine, you say. So this happened. No. The representative of the Queen stepped in as, as this was happening and stopped it. And there was this huge lurch. There was this moment of upset and confusion from the public. And too, it was already happening, um, you know, as, say, people on either, either side of the fence, you know, people taking sides. And then all of a sudden you have this, I want to say arbiter, but you have a kind of referee who's stepping in, uh, a, a representative of our head of state. So if it was in the United States, it would be like the President of the United States uh, or a representative of the President of the United States stepping in and stopping a coalition. And uh, out of it came this blossoming of understanding, this kind of, it's not a renaissance, but a clarification. And out, out of that... Uh, uh, I, I, I felt like I had been kind of asleep and then all of a sudden I woke up and saw that uh, differences in our government. And I, was, and I heard from other people who were saying, well, you know, it's supposed to be like the United States. And, and, and then they were reminded, you know, this is Canada. <laughs> this is, you know, we, we have a, a unique expression of democracy as does the United States and other countries with democracy. Each, each place, each culture, uh, they do it in their own way. And, yeah, and that, that was a surprise to say someone who, who assumes that there's only one form. And that got me digging around and uh, questioning, looking at things like a, a true democracy, where... It's referendum. Everything is referendum. So citizens vote on everything. There is, there are no representatives. There's only a bureaucracy that uh, puts, puts these decisions into effect. So that's a true democracy versus this representative democracy. Uh, let's see. Uh, why not? The argument against a the arguments the argument against a true democracy is majority rule and or mob rule as it's sometimes called. And what happens? It almost sounds parental, but it's checks and balances. And an example would be that. The mob uh, is easily flattered, or that they can, they might make a decision on a whim, or you might have a situation like 
largest. It's not exactly like the electorate, electorate college in the United States, but at kind of a parallel where you have uh, you have an election take place and uh, one party wins the election, but because of the electorate college, which represents and keeps the states together, uh, the other party wins. So it's it's not based on yeah. So it's based on state and not on nation, if I've got that right. And I, I read it as this is a way to keep the country together because of uh, the Civil War, or a Civil War, for example, and to... Yeah. <laughs> and so, and so. But in the case of mob rule that... Uh, just because the, so the argument is just because the majority decides something, that's not good for the country. Another argument in, in there is, uh, for example, for minorities. So the oh, Canada, for example, this is sort of a a not good. I don't like looking at the country this way, but. Uh, 70% of the country are of a, a certain ethnicity that generally, uh, what is it, uh, you know, it's not, it's not a minority. I can, I can put myself into that group, uh, partially. There's things that I disagree with, but I can easily be lumped into that 70%. And... You know, there are members of that majority. I don't know the percentage, but there is a bias within that group. They want their group to be taken care of. Uh, I, I would benefit from that. Uh, you know, the term privilege is, is thrown around, and that, that that's an, an expression or example of it, is this the majority's bias towards decisions, legislation, laws. You know, and, and then, the, but the problem there is that the minorities are not taken care of. And, and there's, a, there's a plethora. There's a plethora of minorities. It really depends on the bias of, of the majority in which way it goes. In a time of desperation, whether it's economic or something else. Uh, at a time of need, uh, if 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 these groups are not taken care of, uh, we we have a terrible situation on our hands. And so, what it does is it it reminds us of uh, the whole. You know. Uh, And, uh, was it the whole equality? Uh, I'm thinking, oh, inclusion of, uh, you know, this, this uh, con being aware of, um, what's it called? When diversity, 
and two, it's 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 not just it's not just say when you're talking about you know people of other cultures, races, but also it also gets into uh, a person's uh, a person's uh, sex. I'm thinking of uh, misogyny, right? And uh, we're still you know we're still not there. Uh, you know, if you if you're looking at this as the last hundred years, you know that, that we're going to be struggling with it all the way. Uh, I meet, I, I see ads, I meet people on a daily basis that, you know, they're they're plugged into that. Myself as well. Uh, I'm plugged into my ethnocentric uh, upbringing. I didn't mean to. Uh, but it's there, and I have to be conscious of it and to to take care of it. I'm I'm sort of veering off, but I'm I want to illustrate what what mob rule, majority rule. Uh, this is one of the reasons why we don't have uh, referendums uh, on everything. You know, another argument is that it would it would slow down uh, government because we would be arguing about everything. We wouldn't have focus. But then too, the flip side argument is that these representatives are liable to corruption and uh, there's a question of you know, their focus. Is, is their focus our focus? Uh, are they working for us or are they working for big business say or uh, the quote-unquote one percent, and uh, yeah, so it's a really it's a uh, a pull, push and pull, and uh, one quote I heard was, "It's not the best system, but it's the best we have." Like say that we don't have a a better. Uh, alternative. And I think too that, you know, if we did, we would, we would be using it, we would be championing it. And such a push and pull as the, uh, as the various sides, uh, like say, um, separation of church and, sh and state, uh, uh, that, that there are elements of, of society where people uh, we, we, def we define legislation and uh, just recently up here in Canada we had a, a big shift with uh, cannabis uh, prohibition and you know th that's a way to, to describe it and that we've been uh, we've been living one way for so long, and uh, now there has been a, a, a switch, a change. And two, this has been going. It has it has been suggested for years. It's been bandied about. The old guard, of course, are you know it's status quo. You know you're not going to change anything until it's it's ready. You know, and that's a painful part of government. Uh, so these are. These are things I'm uh, quandering over, and 
I found myself going back to going back to literature and these uh, imagined uh, governments. The word republic, which is used in the title of Utopia, uh, that that had me questioning and looking for the source of that. We, we say, oh, Athens gave us democracy. And going back, I, I found Plato's Republic. And, and I looked into that as a, as a description. And, it, and it, it, it's, it's not... Um, it's, it's sort of like, say, where, where, where our government came from, but it is not the same thing. Uh, the, you know, say, well, you have this sort of blossoming an expression of democracy. You also have slavery and uh, it's it's not uh, representational. It, you know, this it was. It's an actual true, a moment of true democracy where they're voting with black and white stones, black or white stones, and uh, Plato's Republic is is showing. Uh, it, you know, it's a it's an exploration. It's showing, so it's this Greek philosopher I, I believe too that this is via uh, Socrates or no wait, I'm getting confused here I think uh, Socrates first and then Plato follows and then Republic is written after the fact <clears throat> regardless, go check it out if you're interested Plato's Republic in there, he he describes a leader uh, that is a philosopher. So he's arguing that it's a philosopher who uh, is going to be the best leader. And I believe it's a, I believe it was a philosopher king, and this philosopher king is going to lead the ship of state. Um, nav no. Navigate uh, will be aware of the uh, the best uh, course of action, the best direction. Uh, consulting the stars, I, th I think that had something to do with it. O obviously, now with uh, uh, the switch of interpretation of uh, monarch as dictator, that. Uh, uh, you know, a king is not desired uh, bec because of absolute power and, uh, and corruption. Uh, and one hopes that the philosopher is not, is not going to be uh, prone to that. <clears throat> Fingers crossed. So, government. Uh, in in my own writing, there was this moment early on where 
I, this was back in my 20s, and I had this, I was, I was thinking about uh, designing a, a kind of, a, a utopia in the modern sense, and, and it, like, a, tr a perfect place. Uh, and it's so interesting, the, the interpretation, because my, my perfect is not your perfect. We might be very, very close in, in the notion of what is best and good. You know, what, uh, you know, the good intentions of our, of our utopia. But I have, I have uh, quirks, I have, um, I have bents, I have angles that, uh, and, and vice versa. So, say, hearing about when we're tallying up we're, and we're comparing our notes, that it's, you know, that we're going to have two <clears throat> slightly different places, <clears throat> two hemispheres. Uh, and when I, was, when I was in my 20s and I had given myself this moment to come up with something, I had... I had given it the the, uh, the description of harmocracy, and this was um, and it, it's weird because harm could be taken two ways. Whereas I'm meaning in the sense of harmony, you know, it has the ability to do harm <clears throat> uh, because it's not, you know, it's not going to be taking care of, uh, for example, minorities. Like there's just this urging for us to be living in, in harmony, like music, that say we are going to be existing, uh, like say music notes that are <clears throat> like a choir say, we will go about our days and we will be uh, you know, in the same key, or also that we can adjust so that we can sing in other, other keys. Uh, but we're all operating from, you know, the same 88 keys on the piano, etc., etc. We can change our frequency, and uh, in order to communicate, <clears throat> part of this was uh, the the design of a circular city, and that it was it was a small. It, I, and two, it's, it's interesting thinking about for myself because I initially I had set it up as a village and so all around it was self-sustaining self-sustaining and all around there were different expressions of, of what was required within this self-sufficient village community and so there were things like say there was a blacksmith shop and then as you went around <clears throat> and I had laid out, uh, I, and it was, it was in rings, concentric rings, and I'm thinking now it'd be cool to have a kind of village green at the center, and then going out, there's <clears throat> the residential, and then going out farther, there's the um, industrial. <clears throat> 
technological. And at the time where I was, uh, I was very uh, disappointed with, I was disappointed with the system uh, that my parents were choosing to change from within. And so I was standing on the outside of that. I had removed myself from the system somewhat. I was still interacting, but I was I was on a quest. You know, I wanted to see if there was a better way, especially with invention, because I had also grown up around around uh, communists, socialists, a number of different ists who are all preaching. You know, they're all proselytizing. My way is is the right way. I have aligned myself with such and such um, an organization, a uh, political expression, and this division uh, of politics, like say the Cold War, because you know I was I experienced the tail end and. Uh, I would argue that we're still in the Cold War. It's become a lukewarm war, maybe. But uh, tensions still exist between uh, United States, Russia, and their allies, their mutual allies. And uh, Syria, you know, Syria, for example, or the Ukraine, you know, with this pipeline going through it. And uh, so there's that. Pipeline makes me think of my own political situation where we have uh, a pipeline that's being pushed through and we have all these different perspectives on, on uh, whether to do it, how to do it, what's the cost of doing it, you know, both in the, in the grand scheme and then the in the local scheme, what happens if there's a spill, because we have spills, like the uh, Juan, what was it, Juan Valdez, just for example, there's been other spills, and so we have to be willing to risk the ecosystem there, in that way, is that, how is that politics? I suppose that I can leap off of that and it's it, that it's not a segue that politics involves differing opinions po politics involves uh, a question of a, a question of what is best uh, for right now a question of uh, say in looking at legislation who does the legislation serve? Does it serve the people? Does it make uh, whatever nation, country, safer, stronger? My, my own push for um, not just mental health awareness, but holding media accountable, especially advertising, and holding them accountable and just like a cigarette package you know if you want to have an advertisement that is justifying you know mental illness 
that you've got to put that in the in the package, your advertisement. You know, you've got to you've got to speak it, you know, and own it, own the shame of uh, you know promoting uh, mental health. Uh, <laughs> sorry, promoting because uh, there's advertisements that promote mental illness. There are. There's music. There's musical uh, groups, and not to censor them, but to to label them, you know, and to sort of say, well, you know, you're not interested. You're interested in promoting addiction, say. Wow. So what's the politics in that? So I have an opinion. That's my opinion, and there might be a group of people who agree with me, and say, you know, Moss. You know, I, I agree with you, and I, I support your platform. <laughs> yes, that's right. You know, the next Prime Minister of Canada. Uh, but, but, why am I thinking of this now? An example was, um, even it came up in the news. On, on, one, hand, on one hand, uh, this was in Syria, there, it was. It's recorded as the longest sniper shot in the world was made in Syria by a Canadian. So this is my military. This is a soldier who's in my service. Uh, we have Remembrance Day coming up uh, with veterans, and uh, it was. You know, this information is promoted online, and I was very conflicted about it. You know, on one hand, I realized the, ne the necessity of defense. But then, when I, I read it and deconstructed you know, this news, uh, this news that sort of made priority over other news, right? So, so someone is judging and feeling that this is, that this is you know, the, the most important stuff. <coughs> I think too it's it's speaking about it's speaking about the situation uh, there in the Middle East. And I, you know, my I felt I felt very sad for this soldier. Uh I don't think I don't know if this is such a good thing to be proud of uh as as a nation. I you know, I felt conflicted. And the politics there uh, has to do with, like, say, I could I could just blindly get in line and go, you know, there's, we've got to support a hundred percent, and and then on the on the other side of the equation is, yes, but I mean, sometimes it's the wrong thing to do. Some would argue it's always the wrong thing to do. Uh, why aren't we sending in the UN? Uh, uh, and two, you know, the UN has its faults, but at least, yeah, there we go, good intentions again. Government. Uh, we just we just voted uh, here um, for the municipal elections we had here, and we have actually a referendum. We got a package in the mail, and 
it creates a, a feeling of participation in government. Most recently, I, I did, I, I think it's like third draft of a sequel to uh, my book. And it's set in a fantasy world, but I, I had this opportunity to explore the, the creation of a government. And it was interesting. I had characters, you could define them as, say, upwardly mobile, that were vying for power. Number one, they didn't want my main character involved. Right? They, they, they were arguing and saying, no, 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 we've got it handled. You just sit back and enjoy the ride. And my main character is very... She, she is very into... Uh, into people power. You know, she's, she's very into uh, protecting, you know, the rights and freedoms of the individual. And it was a fantastic moment to be, like, say, suddenly I felt more involved than I had before, that I'm, I'm asking these questions. And even though I'm not a politician, uh, I, I do involve myself in politics and you know I you know I'm looking to serve the greater good uh, and why because that serves my interests I want you know, to be able to write my stuff to write my stuff I want to be able to do that I'm not I'm not interested in ending up in jail I don't want to put another writer in jail Right, I think the big the big one for me is like you know, if you know if it's not writing, some people write really. Uh, I have written really disturbing stuff, and I have uh, I have read stuff that is very challenging for me. You know, it it goes against um, it goes against who I am. Uh, I have my limits. I you know I have I have you know. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, in exploring and pondering the, the creation of a political system, of a, of a gov government, I also too, I had the freedom to go, you know, okay, well, what is, uh, let's make mistakes. You know, this is a fantasy world. Uh, what can we do that would create a system that is uh, impregnable to corruption and you know is taking care of civil rights and civil liberties and uh, let's explore that. What does that look like? And I I, I had the uh, I had these administrators in the story come forward, you know, representing various aspects of government and, and to give my main character advice from, from their perspective, from their experience, even though uh, they were under the, uh, under the rule of a 
dictatorship. They still had this experience. And so my, my main character was utilizing them. And I have, I have yet to finalize what that looks like. I, I suspect, too, that you know, that can lead on to other stories because the imperfections and the, the biases of my main character uh, via myself that, that this government would be... Uh, would, would show, uh, reveal what, what these problems are. Already, uh, in this third draft, there is this... Uh, there, there are these elements that seek to corrupt my main character and ultimately offering her everything that she wants. And, and, to, and to, for a moment, she, has, she sees this potential and she sees, uh, for some reason I'm thinking of Galadriel, and she's offered the, the ring by Frodo in Lord of the Rings, and she says that she, you know, if she had this power, she would become uh, beautiful and terrifying, uh, sublime. But uh, she, uh, she, she refuses. She resists. I don't think she would ever have have gone down that path. Uh, may, and too, it's it's a moment to illustrate to Frodo what's what's at stake and the the folly of what he's just done. You know, he, he, he can't be sort of wandering around with the ring and you know, oh Aragorn, you're a good guy. Here, you take it. <laughs> Even though you know you're. Your ancestor was a ring addict, you know. I, I'm going to give it to you. <clears throat> and so, government. It is interesting to to read different forms of government. I have in the dictionary of imaginary places. There are these wonderful examinations. These bite-sized chunks of advice, uh, you know, say, what one country favors over another imaginary countries. And I said earlier, I, I don't think we're there yet. I, uh, just in where my headspace is these days, I, I'm examining um, predators, say, and, and asking, uh, well, why? How could a human being get, you know, get to that state? Uh, you know, they, they feel so, you know, is it that they feel so disempowered, disenfranchised? Uh, that that they're willing to uh, dominate others. You know, they're see they're seeking to lift themselves up by lowering someone else down. And I, I I guess right there I've said it. But it's just so bizarre that it still exists. That these these remnants of our our past still haunt us. We're not free of them. Um, 
and two, the news is the news is good for that. You know, it's it's showing us where we're at. Hopefully, there are moments of uh, you know you you get a sense you know of they're they're seeking going for say thrills, and the hope is for uh, a journalism that is unbiased as much as possible. So, uh, just finishing up, summing up, uh, government. The, uh, I, I suspect that, say, what, what I write when I'm looking at uh, government, when I'm, when I'm projecting that, is something that is uh, a reflection. So getting back to this notion of revealing, going back to Utopia by Thomas More, that, that's, that's a reflection, a time capsule of when he was alive before he lost his head literally and uh, and too maybe that sort of is the the genesis you know of of when he was uh, executed for, for his beliefs uh, yay monarchy <laughs> and in in there is uh, is my own is my own concern that we continue to acknowledge um, acknowledge the arts as a sign of liberty of civil rights and freedom. You know, just the fact that you're able to create and uh, critique and respond to. Uh, whether it's something like uh, Banksy or uh, my own dear Corby Cuff, you know, just the fact that we can sort of say be society, right? That we can exist and that we are demanded and desired, um, you know, that. That gives me hope, and it is it is though good to be in, in for myself when I, when I'm you know in in <laughs> in the story you know or just in story and examining uh, what it means uh, because because in in writing in editing. There is this examination, self-examination, but also a clarification of, of values and why, you know, why we have it this way and what it means. And just just jumping back a bit to to uh, majority um, majority government mob rule government that.
uh, my first reaction was, you know, oh, well, that's fair, right? The, you know, the, the person with the most wins, right? And we choose them to be our leader. And whether it's what, on, on whatever uh, level of... Um, on whatever level of representation that we're talking about. So, uh, uh, last, last words. I, I encourage you to, to check out um, something political, to be writing about something political, to be, to be taking readers there, to be reminding them. Uh, just like Remembrance Day, which is coming up, and remembering uh, the vets, whether whether you agree or disagree, let's remember, let's remind each other, let's not go into let's not go into world wars uh, blindly. Let's not follow uh, people who are suggesting such a thing and uh, you know, to be careful to be careful to to cherish what we have and to uh, to when we have to to stand, to stand up and to uh, defend this uh, this treasure you know, we've we have worked so hard to create it to to build it to go against our base, a desire for domination and that's that's uh, yeah and and to even in this I was telling someone else just uh, you can't help but be political when you're writing your the story that you're expressing and and shaping and molding it has all of your politics in there it perhaps it's in the subtext uh, and it only emerges during analysis but you know your values are there and in the end that's what it that's what it's about and there's a lot of uh, hope and concern in, in a work of writing. Part of it is therapy. Part of it is activism. The very act of, you know, however you publish, whether it's independent or traditional, however you do it, it you're, you know, you're raising this flag and you're aligning yourself with a great tradition of independence. Let's see what I did there. Ah, <laughs> oh, hey, the sun's coming up. A new day is dawning. Take care. Keep up the great work.